right now. We're going to take up the preaching. Okay. All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. God bless. Everybody say, God bless my pastor. God bless these musicians. And God bless the congregation. Wouldn't be any use for us to be here if you weren't here. A lot of times back home when it's raining like this, we say, you know, we sing a song about rain, but we're not going to sing a song about rain this morning. Except the Holy Ghost rain. Lord, we want a Holy Ghost outpouring. Make those bright clouds. Good to see you folks this morning. Lord, won't you turn around and shake hands with somebody close to you? Say, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost today. Praise God. If you want the Holy Ghost, you can have it today. Why wait? Why tarry, sir? Wow, y'all look so good this morning. And me does want the Holy Ghost. Well, the Scripture does say God wants you to have it. He implies that. It's a promise to you if you'll do repentance, getting baptized. It's a promise. And the good thing about God's Word right here, I believe this is God's Word. He backs it up. He backs it up. He stands behind it. It's not everybody's word that you can trust, but you can trust the word of God. Bishop Pastor Senior Fell, we appreciate you allowing us to be here this morning. And all the good brethren back here and all the good saints of God, God bless you. You can be seated. Now, if you really want the Holy Ghost this morning, come expecting when you come praying. I mentioned something that wife this morning that we mentioned, oh, countless times in time past. It says, blessed is the man that expects nothing. You won't be disappointed. If you don't expect anything, you don't get anything, you're not going to be disappointed. But I'm going to expect something. I'm going to expect one of these young men is going to get the Holy Ghost. One of these young ladies is going to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody out here and get the Holy Ghost. Don't matter who, where, when, any time during from now until feel after God while the preaching is going on, while the worship is going on, while everything is going on. Reach out, God, I want the Holy Ghost right now. Stand up and begin to praise and worship and magnify God. And the Lord, you only know what God wants to give you. Praise the Lord. You could be seated again. It's uh, so good to be here. The I find out in Acts chapter 2, as we mentioned the other night, they went back worshiping and praising, took care of a little business, and then they got in one mind, one accord. We don't know what all went on for those few days, but I think they were still worshiping and praising God. And then when the Holy Ghost came and God just charged and anointed Peter to preach the word, something about that word got a hold of them and others. And then we find out there's in two other different passages of scriptures that people laid hands on people and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, we don't have the power to give you the Holy Ghost. We just try to encourage you to receive what God has 
promised you. So uh, let me just say we're preparing for an interview. How many has ever interviewed for a job? And you really wanted that job. Yes. There's some things we really want in life, especially if it's going to uh, be an uptick in our life. So that's what I want to just preach a few minutes about this morning. I preached this 22 years ago. But uh, been a long water under the bridge in 22 years. But in today's busy world that we're living in, men are just running to and fro. That's biblical also. I mean, we're, we're just a busy world. It's too busy, really. And uh, I can tell you two people I know in here for sure that's running to and fro. I've been with uh, Senior Pastor Fell here for the last few days, and that phone don't seem like it stops ringing, business people calling, things that's got to be done, and he's got to go here, he's got to go here, he's got to go here. There's not enough time really in the day to do what needs to be done and what he's doing. My hat is off to he and Senior Pastor Fell over here. Senior Bishop Pastor Fell. <laughs> so there's, uh, there's 24 hours a day, and, and, and when you try to squeeze a lot of things in that, uh, that we need to do, the essential things of life, uh, you know, we have to do those, and, and other things we just try to crowd in there, and sometimes you just don't have enough time. So you have to rely on others to try to help you out. And uh, I believe you had a little help yesterday from some of these men that were uh, going to get some goodies that people donated. And that was a wonderful thing. People donate things to the church and, and being thankful that they're able to give to the work of God. We ought to be glad that we're able to give to the work of God. Do you know Jesus is not coming back for anything but the church, don't you? It's only going to be the church, and you're going to have to be a part of it. And what we're trying to do is get our family a part of it, our children, our mothers and fathers, sons and daughters and brothers and sisters. We try to get them to be a part of the church. But uh, it's a little hard sometimes, but time's running out, so you better make a decision there. So you've got to rely on others to do things. And if, uh, if you're not as quite as, uh, if you're like me, not quite on that there, echelon where you know a whole lot of things you got to get somebody to help you fill out a resume sometimes how do you how do you fill out all this paperwork this is lawyer must have drew this up I don't know how to fill in all these blanks and you want somebody to tell you how to go and present yourself for a good interview how should I act and uh, what should I do a lot of talking and how should I dress and then that guy that's trying to help you out I think you there's people that you pay to help you to prepare for interview for a high-up job, and they'll tell you your appearance means a whole lot. The way you dress and present yourself and that first impression means a whole lot to those that are going to hire you. So it's, it's no different from God. He's, he's concerned about how we act, how we talk, how we dress, all of this stuff. And uh, you got to pay. you got to pay good money to get somebody to just tell you that, and the preacher comes up here and tells you that, and they'll charge you a thing. Well, we, we ain't going to charge you extra for that this morning. But <laughs> when, our, when our role in life is changing and we're looking for that uh, promotion, looking for another job, then uh, it's, it's, it pays, to, if you really want that, to be prepared. And when you go in to face that uh, guy that's going to give the interview and going to say either yay or nay. So uh, here we are this morning, and 
There was a young lady in the book of Esther. Esther chapter 1. There was a young lady there. How many of you young ladies are less than 20 years old? Wow. You know something? I really believe Esther was around less than 20 years old. She was probably around 14 or 15 in my thinking and estimation. And she had opportunity for something that we all would love to have that opportunity for. But in, in Esther chapter 1, there was a little something going on. There was a party going on. And, and in that party, uh, people begin to get embiberated. And they begin to do crazy things when you get out of your mind on the, the uh, spirits of this world. And they call, just to make a long story short, they call for the queen to come in, and the king wanted to show off his queen, and we're not going to get into all of that. But she refused to come, and she began to rebel against the king. And the king had to replace her because the men of the area that, was, that he was, I guess, big men in his time uh, that he had under him to help him, they began to say, we can't let this go on any further. They could not let rebellion continue to go on amongst the king's wife because that would spread into the other wives of the uh, men there. And they said, we got to put the stop to this. So he did. The king got rid of his wife. And then he sent out messengers in, in Esther chapter 2. And he sent them into all the land. He was looking for some young maidens, young ladies. All over the provinces, 127 provinces, he was rounding up all these young ladies, and there had to be a, a slew of them that was there coming to want to be interviewed for the queen's job. And uh, they began to come from the east to west, north to south, all over. The, if, you, if you look where the Persian Empire was, it, was, it covered a whole lot of area. How long they searched for it, we don't know. But they began to round them up, these young ladies, just like you sitting right here. And he said, out of all of these ladies, we're going to choose one to be queen. And in the midst of rounding them all up, there happened to be a young lady there that her uncle and herself were captive individuals. They had been captive by Nebuchadnezzar, I guess, at the end of, uh, we're not going into that either, but they were captive people. And she happened to be rounded up with them because she was a young Fair, and the Bible says she was a beautiful young lady. So here it is that they brought him in, and that was among them, and she was beautiful, and they had preparation. You just don't walk in the door and say, I want to see the king. Oh, I'm here. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Brother Timmons. I want to see the man. Well, you just take a back seat, and you just go wait in line. You don't just walk into some places and say you want to see the boss. You got one, two, three, sometimes four steps before you ever get into that inner sanctuary in there where the door is open for the man to tell you what either yea or nay. So hang with me just a few minutes this morning. So as they were there and uh, they, she had to make herself uh, prepared to go before the king, though she was beautiful and no doubt had talent. We have a lot of beautiful people in this world and we have a lot of talent in this world, but beauty and talent is not going to get the job done. Sometimes we think we can go on our personality or beauty or talent and, you know, don't have to worry about anything else. It doesn't work that way. 
It doesn't work that way, especially with God. You might can get along, get ahead in this life in certain areas, but you're not going to get very far like that with God. But there was an interview that was going to help, and it required a lot of preparation and the help of a specialist. You know, we have specialists in this world. Just about every field you want to go in. You, you go to, I don't, like to, I don't like to build up doctors, but you go to a doctor over here, you got a sore toe, and they'll send you one over here that's a specialist. You know, it's not the general practitioner anymore. It's one that's you got to be specialized to know what's wrong with that little toe. And then he'll look in there and say, well, I don't know if I quite understand this. How about you go over here and see this one? You know, they all want to pat each other's pockets to uh, you just send you down the line. And the more offices, doors you walk into, the more it's going to cost somebody. So, but there are specialists in this world. And if I want to get worked on, if I want to get my heart worked on, I don't want a novice. I want somebody that knows what he's doing. When he starts cutting and breaking these bones right here in this old chest, and he opens that thing up and there's something there pumping, I want him to know exactly what to do. And if we get a novice in there, I might not wake back up. And I heard a preacher say one time, well, we won't go into that. We get too many rabbit trails here, and we won't know where to go. But uh, uh, they're specialists. You, you get an auto mechanic. You don't want one of these shade tree mechanics used to use a pair of pliers and baling wire back years ago. That's just about all it took, these old V8 Fords and flathead Fords and things like that. You could tear a carburetor apart in your backyard and leave a part or two out, and that car still run. Will it, will it still run, Sister Timmons? We, 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 we done that years ago. You know, where'd this part come from? Well, it belongs somewhere. Will it still run? Let's not worry about it. But then you go down the road a few, few miles, it quits running, you'll know that you left something out of the wrong place. But you got specialists that do things, and uh, uh, that, 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 that's a good. But there's something about your character that you can find favor with people. And that's a good thing, finding favor with people. Now, here's this young lady that's rounding up with everybody else in the area, all these young maidens, and she, for some reason, found favor with her chamberlain, the keeper of the women, Haggai. Haggai, whatever, how you pronounce these Hebrew names or Persian names. And he, she found favor with him. And there was 12 months in preparation before you could go before the king. So they began to prepare this chamberlain began to prepare Esther to go before the king. And verse 12 of chapter 2 of Esther says there was 12 months in preparation for that interview with the king. And during that time, she took advice from Haggai. The reason she did that, because he knew what the king liked. If you're going to go and expect something over here, you got to know what that individual likes. And he had been around long enough to know what he likes. And during that time, as she began to take that advice, and I'm sure because she was human, some of that advice she probably didn't understand, like some of us here this morning. There's some things I don't understand why. But there is a verse of Scripture found in Isaiah 55 that sort of tells me why. It says, his ways are above my ways, and his thoughts are above my thoughts. So don't you be questioning me and asking me why. Can the thing say to the one that formed it, you know, why making me thus or whatever? He made me. I didn't make him. 
and this is his kingdom we're going to, and it's not mine. So if I want to go there, i got to do the things that's going to please him. And if Esther wants to be queen, she's going to be the, have to do whatever it is that the, plain, the, the king desires. And Haggai knew that. So he began to train her in that direction, and I'm sure she may, well, why, why, why do I have to do it this way? Why can't I do it the, the way I want to? But, uh, you know, the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 4 and 15, he says you've got 10,000 instructors, but you don't have many fathers. There's 10,000 people out there tell you that you don't have to worry about why. You know, you just do it the way you want to. They don't care about you. They don't care where you could be, get to be a queen, king, or whatever. They're just concerned about, hey, you're listening to me. But there's somebody that cares for your soul. There's a father, you know, you, you're, you being a mother, father, whatever, you care for your children. You're, you're concerned for their well-being like nobody. You know, the neighbor down the street don't even know your children. They're not concerned about your children. There's people in this city who don't care if you're breathing air or not. You stop breathing air, they'll read your obituary and just go on and read the rest of the paper. But you let that be your child. You, you look at that, and you're going to grieve for a long time. So we had better make sure that we got the right fathers giving us the right instructions to how, how to go before the king, that we can hear that king put that scepter out there and say, Hey, Miss Esther, you're going to be the next queen. And the, 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 the strange thing about it, uh, there's a verse of Scripture that sometimes we don't like to hear until you read this thing a hundred times write it down and pray it in and then you begin to understand why God does and puts things in the word of God the way he does like I said 10,000 instructions not many fathers Hebrews 13 7 says remember them which have the rule or authority the preacher is not a dictator I wrote two things down here today had to put it on a blue pad in John 15, 11, Jesus spoke some words unto the people that their joy might be full. He wanted their joy to be full from the Word of God. And then in 2 Corinthians 1 and 24, Paul says, we're helpers of your joy. We're not, I don't want to say the word dictator, but this is the this is different from, uh, you know, uh, uh, democratic. This is not a democratic. What am I trying to say, Pastor? This was not democratic. This is theocratic. I guess it would be a good word. We're not trying to hinder. We're trying to help you. We're trying to prepare you. And that's what Jesus was doing. As he began to preach the word, and he was telling those uh, disciples there in John 15 about if you're not a part of the vine, you're not, you're not going to be a part of the kingdom of God. You cut yourself off from the vine, you're going to be just gathered together, thrown in the fire, and just burn up. But he says, the things that I'm telling you, I want you to be joyful and excited about what I'm telling you because it's going to pay off. Serving the Lord is going to pay off after a while. Matter of fact, serving the Lord is paying off right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Serving the Lord is paying off today. But there, there are times when we don't know. You can be saying, there are times we don't know what the scriptures is saying, and 
we only hit and miss sometimes, and maybe uh, we get in a position of predicament. We want to read something comforting, so we read Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and maybe get a little comfort to that, and then maybe not read anything else for a while. But when you begin to read this thing and study this thing and look it all out, you know, everything that's in the Word of God is for our head. It's to help us. It's preparing us. It's getting us ready for something other. And then the other scripture right down below that, it's, well, let me finish reading that. Remember them that have the rule of you who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, consider the end of their conversation or the end of their walk. You watch. These people. Now, I'm leaving tomorrow, but I've never saw two people more concerned about you folks right out here. In, in going all around the country, these two people are you're just like their children. All you boys on it, they they weep and cry for you just like they're you're, you're their own. And really, you are, you are begotten through the gospel. You are. Paul was concerned for Timothy, his son, in the gospel. He got a little scared at times. He said, "Hey, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind." Now go out and preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. So we're trying to help. And in 10 verses right here, in 10 verses on down from Hebrews 13 and 7, it says, Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourselves to them, for they may watch that they watch for your soul, and they must give accountable to God that may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. It's not going to hurt them, but it's going to hurt you. Lord, it's nice when you're praying for somebody and their name pops into your mind and you just get a smile on your face how God is blessing them and using them. They're such an asset for the kingdom of God and the church. They're workers and, and they're just blessed beyond measure because the time they the time they were sinners and walked through the door to the time they got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, and then they begin to line up with the Word of God, you can get a smile on your face about biggest what one of you men did when you saw your wife. It was exciting. See you young girls, when these boys look over there, I see Arnold over there, look at that smile over there, cracking on his face over there. So it's, it, it wants to do this thing with joy. It's heaviness on the heart when the name pops there and you say, God, they need some help. They're, they're sliding. They're going the wrong direction. And, and you don't like that. You don't like that at all. Proverbs 25 or 12 and 15 says that the way of a fool, these are people that don't listen. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. And I put my little rendition next to this. I said there's a lot of those today. There are a lot of fools working out there today. And then the other scripture says there's a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. And people are going to hell feeling good about what they're doing. And that's a sad scenario. When it's your people of the world out there that don't care to hoots and a holler about your well-being and your end results, they're just looking for today's satisfaction to, to satisfy their little ego or something or other. We better understand there's 10,000 instructors out there, but there's not many fathers that care for your soul. And we thank God today that you're in here listening to the Word of God because you want to go to heaven. And if you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go God's way, and you're going to have to be ready and prepared. 
And everybody's not going to prepare you in a way that you need to be prepared to be ready to meet God. Hallelujah. Our talent is good. Our looks are good and all this other stuff is good. But that's not going to pay off when you stand before God. You can be seated if you like. So whatever those young maidens want, whatever they wanted to take with them to go before the king, they could have. If they wanted to deck themselves out with everything that, uh, that was available there, they could do it. If they wanted to show their immodesty, they could do it. If they wanted to do anything they wanted to do to think that they're going to get the attention of the king, they could do it. But you know, they went one, two, three, four. All of these young ladies going before the king with an expectation, and you see them walk out the door rejected. And then this other one says, well, they don't know the wiles I got, maybe like Herodias' daughter or something other. You know, they put on a show, but it didn't work. The king's chamberlain knew exactly what that king liked. And when he began to prepare Esther to go before the king, you know what Esther took with her? Exactly what that king's chamberlain said to take with her. She went before that king exactly how he had prepared her to go. There wasn't any there. You just put on a show and you let your beauty, you let your charm and everything else try to charm the king. I'm pretty sure Vestai was a good-looking lady, the one that got dethroned because they wanted to show off her beauty. She was a nice-looking lady, but that didn't work. Rebellion doesn't work. It doesn't matter how beautiful we are. Rebellion against authority does not work. And let the church say amen. Woo, well, it'd be a good time to clap your hands to the Lord today. Praise the Lord. We can, we can, we can think that, but it, it's not going, in the end, it's going to catch up with us. And there's a verse of Scripture also found in Hebrews chapter Nine, and it says it's appointed unto man once to die. But after that, you're going to have your interview. After that, judgment. And when that judgment comes, death hits his old body, and our naked soul stands before God. It's not going to be anything outside of what we did in this life is going to matter to God. And you better think you're a good God, whether you understand everything about it or not. When a pastor tells you something from the Word of God, that's exactly what we need to hear if we're going to stand before God. When Esther began to be trained and prepared and ready to go before the king, it was, she wasn't listening to outside voices. She was listening to Haggai, Haggai, whatever, H-E-G-A-I, you pronounce it. I don't, I don't know exactly how it is, but she was listening to him because she knew, because he had been there a whole lot longer than she had. And he, he was there before the king day and night, day and night, day and night. And he said, hey, you found favor in my sight. I know exactly how to get you ready to meet God or meet the king. So you quit listening to these outside instructors. There's 10,000. There's one on every corner. They'll tell you what you want to hear. If you want to hear it and feel good about it, you can go straight to hell feeling good about what they tell you. Or you can listen to the king's chamberlain and say, well, hey, God, I don't quite understand. Why do I have to do it this way? 
Well, you're young yet. You don't quite understand. I've been around, I've been doing this long. I've been the king's right-hand man for a long time. I know what he likes. I know what he wants to hear. I know what he wants to look at. I know how all of this is going to be done. And, well, I, I don't quite break up. Trust me. Trust me. Somebody say, trust me. You know, God wants you to trust him. God wants you to trust him. And this word is him. This is him. So if we trust him and do what he says, whenever when we stand before God with nothing but a, our soul standing up there, then nothing else is going to matter but how we followed the instructions that were given us of the pastor that's leading us. Somebody praise the Lord to that. We know what God wants. We know what God wants. Amos 4 and 12 says in part, we see it. You don't see it much down here, but you see it up in the mountains. You see it on curvy highways. And it says in part, prepare to meet thy God. You know, you get in some of these mountains where it looks like you're, you can see your taillights when your headlights are in front there. And you, you look back there and you see your taillights that curves or sharpens some of these mountains there. And they got these signs on the telephone pole or a tree, prepare to meet thy God because there's a drop off down there. So we better be prepared to beat our God. There is a drop-off coming that we're going to have to be prepared and ready when we stand. And here it says, and this, let me see this other part. I got one more page I want to look at. And, and that computer didn't come out the way my computer did. But thank God for Brandon back there. You, you rescued me, son. You rescued me there. So we, ju we just get that interview there. And the specialist comes along. And he's God called. I need a wife right now in Romans 10 and 14. Let me read it. Praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. It talks about believing in Romans 10. And then it says how they're going to believe in something that they haven't heard. And how they're going to hear if they don't hear somebody that's going to tell them the right thing. If I'm going to believe there's a God, I want somebody that knows there's a God to tell me there's a God. If I'm going to be believing that I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name, I want somebody to tell me that that's what the Word of God says. And if I want somebody to tell me that I need the Holy Ghost, I want them to let me know in the Word of God that I need the Holy Ghost. And you can't preach this Word of God the way God wants it to be preached if God doesn't call you to preach it. How then shall I call him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? God just so ordained it that you and I need a preacher to preach to us what we have to do to be saved. Jesus Christ is not here anymore, but he began to choose them. One, two, three, four, five, six, all the way to 12. And then those 12 spread the gospel, and it began to reach other people that was going to preach this gospel. We got Titus and Timothy and Ephroditus and all these guys, and it's carried on down to the upper room all the way down to where we are right now. God has touched the hearts of men and women say, hey, you go forth and preach this gospel. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. He that believeth not is going to be damned and those out there that don't want to believe it we can't help them but we can preach it and give them opportunity to go before the king they need hey guys they need somebody that's concerned and stirred up about their soul praise the lord god bless you, you could be seated here and here we are in a busy world we live in that men's hearts are hardened today 
They get hardened so easily, and they're turned off by the religious hypocrisy. There is religious hypocrisy in the world, and they're preparing for everything except when they stand before God. We're preparing to, preparing to try to get positioned with a boss. We can get a raise, get a new job, get a this, get a that, and making everything running to and fro. But we need to be in the house of God when the doors are open and hear, hear somebody say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, because they're trying to, they're trying to invent gods out here. They're trying to come up with new gods. There is no new God. God said, I, even I am the Lord. Beside me is no Savior. No God for him before me. No God after him. And I, he is the one that we're going to stand before. He's the one that's going to judge us. He's the Savior of mankind. And he robed himself in flesh, walked among men, gave himself. And he said, upon this rock, I'm going to build a church. The revelation is God in Christ, reconciling the world into himself. He's going to build a church. And the gates of hell is not going to swallow that church. Scripture teaches us there that hell has enlarged itself daily, but the church is not going to be a part of that enlargement. We're going to, oh, thank God for preachers that will preach this gospel. Thank God for senior pastor fail. Thank God for these men he's training to go forth and preach the gospel. Thank God for you out there that will accept and believe the gospel because that's the only thing that's going to save your soul. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, let me read a verse of Scripture while you're sitting down. God bless you. for You're, you're so easy to preach to. You know, a lot of people trouble us. They don't like us because we preach this gospel. Probably people here in Belgrade don't like you because you're in this church this morning. They don't like you because you're listening to Senior Pastor Phil preach this gospel. Oh, why don't you come over here where we at? You know, we'll we'll lighten it up a little bit and we'll we'll make it easy for you to easy believe in them. Yeah? Slide all the way to hell. See, it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to those that trouble you. And you who are troubled, just have patience, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flame and fire. Taking vengeance on them that know not God. Wow. God wants everybody to know him. He wants everybody to know who he is. Matter of fact, you know something? Let me, let me, let me, nothing new. Ain't nothing new that you ain't never heard. But there is a verse of scripture found in John 4, 24. That Jesus Christ is telling some Pharisees over there. He said, if you don't believe that I am, that word he is, that was put in there. He said, if you don't believe that I am, he says, you're going to die in your sins. It pays to know who God is. And I, I doubt seriously, now I may be wrong, I don't know anything about Bible Glade, but I doubt seriously if there's another church in here that believes that Jesus Christ was the almighty God, robed in flesh, walked among men for the salvation of our soul. And it's not two gods, it's one God revealing himself in flesh. The spirit that was in that flesh was almighty God. That was the I am way back when that he said, you just tell him I am and I am. And if you need something this morning, the I am is here. 
whatever you need, just say, I am, I am, I am the giver of the Holy Ghost. I am the healer. I am the blesser. I am the comforter. I am the strength giver. I am your hope this morning. I am that I am. We got to believe that he is or we're going to die in our sins. And those that are troubling us, trying to distort us, trying to tear us away from the gospel, that we'll stand before the king unprepared. You could be seated there. He says, I'm going to in flame and fire, having taken vengeance on them that know not God, obey not the gospel, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. We don't want anybody in this church in this city, in this state, in this country, in this world to be lost. But there are going to be people going to be lost, not because they haven't heard the Word of God, but there are spirits out there that are trying to get you away from the Word of God. The Scripture teaches us in one of the Timothy's chapter 4, I don't know if it's one or I get them confused, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, they're seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. People are leaving the faith. Why? Because come over here. It's a little easier. Come over here. There's things, you know, you don't understand what pastor's teaching. Come over here. You don't have to worry about that. No, we're going to stand before God. we got to understand what pastor's preaching, what he's preaching. When you go back to the Word of God, you'll understand he wants to be a helper of your joy that when you stand before God, you can hear God say, Well done, thou good, and thou faithful son. God, we want to hear him say, well done. That's the whole thing that we're doing here this morning. We're making preparation for the last 40 plus years, making preparation. People in this building, last 40 some, 50 years making preparation to stand before God. Lord, and we got people with a hardened heart and religious hypocrisy. But the specialist, the God called, God sent preacher, and he's having a hard time finding some soft, fallow ground to work with. God, I pray there's some fallow ground here this morning that can be broken up. We, we look at this year, uh, beautiful places all around these places that we've been, and those cultivators going there and just turn, turning that land over and nothing but black gold underneath it. And you know what it is? It's ready for this seed to be dropped in there. And if that fallow ground there is broken up a little bit, this incorruptible seed of the Word of God can just drop right in there. And you don't have to worry taking rocks out. That cultivator's done got it prepared and ready. And the preacher's just trying to get us prepared and ready. When that seed drops in there, that'll just cover it up a little bit in a day or two. You, we saw some little sprouts. It probably wasn't big as my finger sticking out of the ground out there. And you know what? That seed was perfect in the state it was in. It may only be in that tall, but it was perfect in that state. And when it gets in that state, it's going to be perfect in that state. And when it gets up to this state, it's going to be perfect in that state. You know what it's doing? They're desiring their sincere miracle of the word that they might grow thereby. And they just begin to grow and grow and grow. And finally, you see it up here, and it's got some seed on top. They're bringing forth, you know, some fruit. And that fruit's going to be able to reach out to somebody else over there. And they're going to be out to somebody else over here. And then somebody's going to cultivate it. And that seed that's coming up here, it's going to grow Somebody say praise the Lord. We're helping people to stand before the king. Hosea says, so do yourself in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. It's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Acts chapter 2, when he began to, 
Peter began to preach the word of God, he began to tell them that the one they had crucified, that God had made him both Lord and Christ. And proceeding that, he said, they that call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he continued preaching, continued to preach it, and something began to dig at him. The more he preached, the more digging got done, and all of a sudden, that old fallow ground was broken up, and he began, they said, hey, what must we do? And he said, repent. This world don't care whether you repent or not. Belgley might be different than Mount Airy. There's people in Mount Airy who says, I don't have to do anything except the Lord Jesus Christ, my personal Savior. He done it all. He died on the cross. I don't have to do anything. You remember John Stefano? That boy sat right there in a palmetto shell of a building we were working on out there. He said, you can commit adultery, rob, steal, kill, do anything else if you've accepted the Lord and you can't lose out. I said, John, you're going to die and go to hell in your sins. 10,000 instructors out there. And one of those 10,000 instructors were telling him that. But he didn't have many fathers. He wouldn't listen to somebody who won't tell him the truth. He had a twin brother who was trying to tell him the truth. And he just pushed it aside and pushed it aside. God help us this morning. If our ground gets stirred up a little bit, and so and seed needs to be planted there. Peter said, repent and be baptized. They, they got stirred. They were moved upon. They were broken. If you're going to come before God, come with a broken and a contrite spirit. That's what God wants. If you've really repented of your sins this morning and you come to pray, you come expecting God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Expect it. Earl expect it. Isaiah respect it. Expect it. I wish I knew all you guys' names. I wish I knew all you ladies' names. I mean, you wouldn't like to be the queen. I saw that there. Don't lie his eyes up right there. Yes, you're beautiful enough to be the queen. But you've got to follow the instructions. We must follow the instructions. The Bible says, The promise is unto you, to your children, those that are far off, even as many, Lord our God shall call. And that just gets us to where we're getting where we can be prepared to have an interview. Then he said, with many other words, they did testify and exhort and said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And let's stand, and I want to bring another portion of Scripture in. He can't be bribed. You're not going to be able to resist and say, I don't want to go. No amount of skill is going to evade him, and you can't put him off. And you can't tell him how good you are. He knows how good we are. There's going to people stand before God and argue with God. In Matthew chapter 7, we need to understand this. Mount Airy don't quite understand it, but we need to understand this. It's not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of God. Proceeding that, he said, this is a straight and a narrow way. And you don't bring good fruit and bad fruit on the same vine. And there's false prophets out there trying to hinder and turn you around and turn you away. And then he says, not everybody says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of God. He to do it the will of the Father in one place. And he says, this individual, they're going to stand before him and say, well, I prophesied in your name. I've cast out devils in your name. I've done such and such in your name. Well, have you been born again of water spirit? If the devil can afflict you, the devil can withhold that affliction. That's Brother Timmons 1 and 1. 
They're going to say they cast out devils. They prophesied. They did this in your name. You know what Jesus is going to say? Depart from me, you that work iniquity. He said, I never knew you. There's going to take some more than just what this world thinks that you've got to do to be prepared and ready to meet God. You're still going to have to be born again of water and spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's the word of God, Jesus Christ. It's red letter. It's Jesus Christ saying, and it's not black letters. You know, I take what's red letter better than the black letter. This is red letter out of the mouth of the Lord. He said, except there is no other way in or around or through it. You're going to have to go through the water and the spirit birth if you're going to be prepared and ready to meet God. And here you are raising your hand this morning. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 9, you don't have the Spirit of God, you are none of His. So we need the Holy Ghost. It's, it's a necessity. It's not an option. It's not something other than, well, if I have it, fine. If I don't have it, fine. No, if you don't have it, when that trumpet sounds, you're not going to come out of that grave. You're not going up into the resurrection. It's going to take that same Spirit that dwelt in Him to bring us out of that grave here. Oh, no, praise Him one more time as we make our way down here and throw your hands up and just don't, just don't get in that habit of prayer. Throw your hands up and expect God to give you the Holy Ghost. You that want the Holy Ghost, come on down and pray. God, I want the Holy Ghost. Don't hold back. Don't be embarrassed. Don't let it be inhibited. You need the Holy Ghost this morning. God wants to give you the Holy Ghost this morning. It's God's good pleasure to give you the Holy Ghost this morning. Oh, God, help us today have that broken, fallow ground up that this seed of righteousness can somehow find that spot that will bring forth life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Touch these children, dear God. Touch these children, dear Lord. You understand. You know their hearts. You know their need. You know whether they've repented or not. You know whether they're prepared and ready to receive, whether the fallow ground is broken. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Touch these young men, oh God. Touch these young men. Yes, receive him. Just receive him. Just receive him. Dear God, just open that mouth and talk to him. Let that mouth open up. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Helpers of your joy. We are in your Jesus. Jesus, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost, Lord. Oh, God, look at these young people tonight, Jesus. Look at these young ladies. Look at these young men. Look at these parents today, Lord. Oh, God. God, we want to hear you say, well done. We want to hear you say, well done. Oh, God. Broken spirit. Contrite heart. Dear God. Dear God. Take 